Hi, well, welcome back to Discipleship.ca. Today is uh, one of our interviews, and uh, it's my pleasure to have uh, Tim McAlpine join us. Now, I, I didn't clear this story with Tim, but I've actually known Tim since I was in college because we used to, I played soccer, and there were these two high school kids, Tim and Gabe, who would show up and just annoyingly be better than we were, <laughs> even though they were younger. And uh, that one guy, he kind of grew up, and then we were youth pastors in town side by side here in, in the south of the uh, Okanagan of BC, and our lives have kind of intertwined a little bit, and it's uh, my pleasure to uh, to have Tim on. So hey, Tim, why don't you let everybody know who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Uh, sure, thanks. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Uh, yeah, that definitely. Gabe was very good. Uh, I was not, and I and I have no problems there, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I currently serve as the Director of Faith Formation at Trinity Christian School in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, I'm a professional friend, basically hang out with kids and uh, do my best to try to help them know and love Jesus. Um, and so spend my time planning chapels and council and uh, working with parents and working with staff as far as the faith formation aspect goes of that. Uh, but uh, married, uh, will be 15 years here on the 16th. Yeah, and we've got three kids: Adeline, Tobin, and uh, Livy. Adeline's twelve, Tobin's ten, and Livy is two and a half. So, um, yeah. And then I just, uh, I just uh, hang out, I cheer for the flames, and so celebrate mediocrity a lot of times in my life. But <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I we I share an office with uh, Kevin Hardy, who has done one of these interviews, and he is. Mm-hmm. Diehard Flame fan, but he likes the Detroit yes. as well. So I'm trying to sway him to the better team, but right. he's stubbornly holding on to those Alberta roots, which is which yes, is, I guess. wise man. He's a wise man. Yeah, one day it'll pay off, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Tim and I have, like I said, we've been been uh, in ministry in churches nearby each other a few times, and um, Tim's been on a <clears throat> a journey that had ebbs and flows and um so but basically like if we were to boil down what you do at the school now is is you are really working in uh kind of a, a discipleship mold right you're getting kids that are come from mostly probably from christian homes i'm going to assume at the christian school and then you're working towards uh developing faith um uh, in those kids yeah like helping them figure that out you've got three kids right. at home which in varying stages you're working through that, but you also do, you do a fair bit of speaking. Like I know you still preach in some churches on a decently regular basis. You're doing, you know, you just mentioned to me before we press record, you're doing um, a Bible camp a week uh, here in BC. Um, what does, like if we were to fire right into the very first question, what discipleship, what do you, what does that look like or mean to you? Like when I when somebody says, "Hey, we're going to work on discipleship," what do you, what is what is it that you think? Yeah, I think uh, I would focus. I tend to focus on two two kind of key elements. I would say follow and abide. And abide. So yeah. I think there's a bit of a lost, uh, not art, but a lost uh, understanding, or uh, like we just don't do a good job of of um, humbling ourselves underneath any sort of like spiritual authority, I think. Um, so, yeah. so for myself, um, on a personal level, like I am discipled by my pastor. And so my pastor has a voice in my life where he gets to 
speak into essentially any and every situation. Uh, I don't ask him why, and and I I trust him uh, because uh, he I'm I'm following his lead. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking to him as as he points me to Jesus, and and so. Uh, and it's not just a blind faith. You're just, you're, not, you're just doing whatever. But but when God places individuals in our lives in a certain position, um, I think there's there needs to be that that willingness to follow them. And by follow, it's it's not that like you can't ask questions. It's not that, but it's a trusting. And I think um, if we are to be disciples of Jesus and follow Him, uh, I would, in my experience, reading the Bible a few times, I don't see a lot of um, God calling people to something and then laying out for them the plan that he's going to, you know, this is how this is all going to play out. Yeah. And, and, but, but more of just a, as your disciple, I'm following you and I want to model what you're doing and do as you're doing. Um, you know, there's the old um, picture of, of when those would follow their rabbi, they would be so close that the dust would be being kicked up in their face and stuff. And so I think there's that, that the, the following, but then also that closeness or that abiding. And I think John 15 um, you know, I think is a, is a key text for me that I look at and say, you know, um, like we're the branches, like he's the vine, we're the branch. He's the one that gives life. He's the one that flows through mm-hmm. us. He's the one. And so if I'm not abiding in him, if I'm not continually, you know, washing my mind in the word, cap, you know, taking captive every thought, if I'm not being transformed by the renewing of my mind, if, if, uh, if I'm not spending time in prayer and if I'm not spending time, um, as, closely to Jesus as I possibly can be, chances are I'm following someone else. Chances are, or, or someone else is, is influencing or guiding. And so uh, to me, discipleship is about following and it is about, um, it is about abiding. And then, I mean, I think, and then if you're just, if you're to add to that, I think as a discipler, uh, it's, it's a much more daunting task, I think, you know. Oh I yeah, think. no. And, um, and you think, you think even like the modern, the modern um, social media, it's not a trend anymore. It's just the way it is. But right. what is it about? It's not about being a follower. It's about having right. followers. Like 100%. All of society is set up so that we actually try to elevate ourselves to that spot that for the believer, Christ should have, right? We mm-hmm. follow him. We don't usurp him. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter how big the crowd behind us is. Yeah. He's still in, in front, and so many people have a hard time with that. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. So, in in your world, um, what does discipleship like? Group boots on the ground. What does that look like for you as as a husband, mm-hmm. uh, as as you know, father um, in your work setting? Like, what are some of the tangible things that um, um, kind of mark that? You know, as you say, follow and abide. Two right. big concepts. How do you do that with your junior high students or the the students that come in through your office? How do you do? How do you teach that with your three kids? And how do you teach that uh, or or display it in in your marriage? Yeah, yeah. So with the school, I'm well, and all three of those relationships, uh, I really do try to um, ground it on the Word of God. So. So, like at, at Trinity, in our chapel times, we've uh, over the last eighteen months adopted a little bit more of um, an interactive type. So, where I'm getting the kids to interact with the text, and uh, we typically will show a text. We have a verse or two, 
uh, we read it and then we ask them what it says about God, what it says about us and what it means for us. And, and just trying to get them to think through, um, as as I do when I'm reading a text, you know, and then, and then after we've had a bit of a discussion, uh, I'll usually get up and then do an exposition of the text and, and, you know, provide the context and provide the, the, uh, what we see in the, the grand narrative of scripture. So, so a big part of it is, is, trying to increase biblical literacy. I'm convinced that if I can disciple kids and champion truth in the process, that if I'm championing truth, if I'm saying, Hey, this is, this is true. We can trust. If you know this, you're going to be able to sniff out the lies. So instead of like, I don't spend a lot of time discipling by being like, that's bad. Don't look, look out for this, look out for this. I'm spending most of my time being like, this is true, right. And good. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure, whatever is noble. Focus on these things. Seek first His kingdom, you know, and trying to get the kids to be doing those things. So that that happens through teaching scripture in chapel. That happens through uh, teaching Bible class. So we use some curriculum that is very specific to, uh, like, uh, in junior high, anyways, where uh, it's an increase in biblical literacy. It's uh, an equipping or, or a teaching of doctrine, good sound Christian doctrine, and then a little bit of apologetics. So those three elements are incorporated into it because I think that actually helps create. Um, and make disciples. I think those are, are key elements to that aspect. Um, and then, and then a lot of the time it's, it's trying to model things. It's trying to yeah. like during the day to day. So I have the, like, I have the privilege of being a youth pastor for 40 hours a week, like legitimately where I have kids around for 40 hours a week yeah. as opposed to three hours a week on a, you know, and, and so, um, what I'm trying to do with that time is actually push the kids to a local church, push the kids mm. to connect to, uh, you know, there's a pastor here. There's a, so I have parents that'll come and say, can you mentor my kid? And I'll be like, no, but I know there's six youth pastors in the area and I can connect you with one of them. And they're going to have a small group leader who can weekly connect with your child. And that's what your child needs. I don't have time to do this with 470 students, but I promise you, you we can, we can get you connected that way. Uh, so, so a big part of the discipleship with, with our students and then in our home is being connected to a local church and, mm-hmm. and being a part of that. Um, and so, but, but yeah, and then, and then there's, there's one-on-one counsel. There's, there's things where like, I just, I, I believe the scripture does give us everything we need for life and godliness, I think. So trying to provide biblical counsel, um, they, they know a lot of, they've got a lot of ideas on how their feelings are ultimate and, um, that they are the center of everything. And so trying to just incorporate some biblical truth and biblical counsel into my conversations um, is a big part of that. So, yeah. And then, and then in the home, I mean, it is, and we don't do a great job of it to be honest, but trying to, trying to consistently incorporate some sort of family worship, uh, whether that is, you know, uh, we've got a few different family devotionals that we'll use, or um, I think, I think what I'm finding as, uh, like not caving to the culture, but life is full with, with, and we're just entering into the world of club sports and, and that sort of thing. So I'm actually finding, okay, so we've got a 45 minute drive. We are going to, you know, we're not going to have our phone. We're not going to, we're going to actually have a conversation. We're going to talk about things and, um, you know, t- making the most of our time. I mean, that's not a concept that's mine. Like Paul talks about that, right? Like, like be intentional with, with the time that we have, and so, uh, taking those moments, those drives, uh, again, I have the joy of my kids come to work with me every day. Yeah. So we get those car rides. I think it's trying to model, um, what I allow, you know, music nowadays. I think it's uh, initially I thought, man, my kids are, you know, I'm going to 
protect them from everything bad and it's near impossible to. So trying to disciple them in a way that says like, what, what are we listening to? How is that shaping what we think, feel, act? And, um, you know, let's talk about what that song just, you know, like, (laughs) like, I mean, my kid's in junior high now and she's, you know, like we've had to have the conversation. Well, it's clean. It's, it's the clean version. And, and, and so the conversation of like, as I disciple you, what I want you to think about is like, why does a song need to have a clean version? Like what, what makes, what makes it dirty and what makes it clean? And, and so those types of things, but um, it's intentional conversation and then it's intentional time. I mean, in in the little bit of research I've done with this stuff, I think uh, what, what they're saying is like, it's the one-on-one time with our kids as opposed to big family vacations that actually they remember. So, um, so it sounds like a, it sounds ridiculous, but like part of my discipleship, my daughter likes to go to flames games. I'm not complaining, but, but we have this, this time together. She likes to do that. My son doesn't want to go, doesn't want to be like, I bought him tickets and he's like, I'd rather not go. And then he's a basketball guy. So the Calgary surge has started. So we've been going to these games this spring and finding these, these opportunities to just, I'm going to, I'm investing in you. And then, and then part of that conversation throughout that is, you know, I hope you see, like, I did this because I love you. I did this because I want to spend time with you. I did this because I care about you. And I hope that you would understand that this is actually a reflection of God's love for you. And it's, and it's a failed attempt and it's, and, and I'm a man and I'm going to make mistakes and I can't reflect it perfectly, but I want you to know that this is what God did, that God desires to know. And he knows you better than I know you. And he loves you far more than I ever could. And, and but when you have those, when I am intentional about creating those times, there's a lot more reception to those conversations where as opposed to like running out the door, Hey, by the way, God loves you. And like, Hey, so do I. And you know, I, I'm trying to, I have to, I have to slow myself down. I have to slow how I even speak, how, yeah, like yeah. how quickly I say things, how quickly I respond to things. I, I see the eye roll for my daughter when she shares something with me and I'm immediately going into pastor mode where I can fix that. And I've got to, you know, um, so a lot of discipleship with my kids is intentionality and listening and then incorporating again, just bringing it back to the truth we find about who guys revealed himself to be in his word and uh, how that shapes our lives. And uh, no, that's great. You know. even that little bit that you just said about your daughter and the eye roll, when you become the pastor and you try to like, I have a solution to this, I can fix yeah. it. Yeah. That's the thing that we so often, I think that's our our problem as oftentimes ministry-minded people, right, who have worked in churches. I have the answer, right? Right. You don't need to go anywhere else. I can give you the answer. And that that, uh, that just resting, and it goes back to the follow and abide, right? Who has Mm -hmm. the solution to your daughter's problems? Well, Jesus. So we, we as dads who are ministry workers... We have to follow and abide those two words that you used before. Uh, it's interesting. We didn't talk about this before, but that's two words that have been shaping a lot of what I do over the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking about how much do or how often do I try to take control of something so I'm no longer following and I present the solution, which means I'm no longer abiding. Right? I right. fight those two things all the time. And so it's uh, it's great to hear you say like, you're you're seeing that as as um uh, you know the things that you need to kind of pull back from and be like you know what my daughter's in junior high 
she's got to wrestle through this too. So you have mm -hmm. to leave space as hard as it is as a parent to leave that space for them to wrestle through those issues, whatever it might be. Yeah. If they don't do it now, the issue when they're 20 will totally derail them, right? They've got to learn to do totally. it. Yeah. No, that's, that's when I think we, I think we, I had someone say to me once, you know, uh, as well, this was a few years back, but, um, you know, we often underestimate what we can do in a long time and we overestimate what we can do in a short time. Something along those lines that, you know, yeah. and, and I think yeah. specifically with discipleship, like we got to stop trying to pretend that this is going to be a quick thing. And, yeah. and even so, so my students here, I'm looking at this going, Oh, by the grace of God, if he could help me equip me to, to set these kids up where like, all I'm doing is watering right now. Like I don't get to, I don't intend to, my expe expectation is not to see a bunch of fruit and, oh, they're going to just be going, but that when, so that they've got these roots that I can partner with our local churches and I can partner with parents who I think are the key disciples. So I'm, I'm constantly working with parents and talking to parents and saying, what do you need? What would you like? You know, I, again, we're fortunate we're a covenant school. So our one parent has to sign off on our statement of faith. So they know where I'm coming from. Uh, but I think the, the, trying to assume that we can just like, Hey, so it's done. And, and when, when I listen to, even when I think back to my own experience as a younger pastor, and then when I talk to those maybe newer in the game and they're hurt, their feelings are hurt, that kids are still struggling or they're, or they're like, they're devastated. What am I not doing right? What am I? It's like, because at no point does Jesus say like, as you go and make disciples baptizing in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit, that, that there, that's going to fix everything and everything's going to be great. And you get to, pat yourself on the back and be like, man, I did a great job. You know, like I did, that's not, God calls us to faithfulness, right? Yeah. God calls us to, to, as disciples, we're to just be faithful in what he's called us to do and to fulfill, as Paul would say, our minute, your ministry, my ministry, art, like that's what he's called us to. And I think I have, I have far overestimated what I could do in a short time. And I have bulled those people and I've hurt people and I have given way to self-pity, you know, because it's like, whoa, you know, oh, I suck at this. I'm so, you know, nothing's changing. It's like, well, why don't you just be faithful to what God's called you to yeah. and, and st stop looking for the next thing and stop looking for the next, you know, well, this isn't working. It's not working. Like, I mean, what yeah. a lie, but yeah, no, it's interesting because, um, and this has nothing to do with our conversation today, but, uh, yesterday, uh, my wife and I were recording a podcast that came out today when we're talking. Um, but it was on Psalm 31 and it's mm -hmm. Psalm of David. And there's a spot in there where David talks about, the season of his life, like the, he's talking about the next season. He's not talking about the next year, the next month. He's talking about, he's at, he's pleading with God to work on, work on me in the next season, you know, this to death in me, grow this over the next long stretch of time. And, and I've heard that same quote. Uh, I heard it in the, you know, the way I heard it was the context of uh, pastoral ministry. You can, yeah, we overestimate what we can do in one year, and we underestimate what we what we yeah. can do, or what we can see done in ten. Um, right. It's absolutely true. It's amazing. You you also mentioned there, you know, like every 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 person that I've had on in the interview thing, and we ask about the family thing. Everybody has said, "I don't do this well," mm -hmm. and goes on to explain how, by God's grace, you actually are doing it well. All those little mm -hmm. little steps where. Uh, you know, those small incremental steps, because it's not the big home runs right. that uh, that our kids remember, right? It, it, it's right. not. And uh, I sit with my three kids, you know, my my youngest graduated from high school. So they're all all out, all walking in faith. And it's and and my wife mm -hmm. 
back and go, it has nothing to do with what we've done. It has mm. everything to do with God's grace mm. and, and a lot of prayer, right? And, yeah. and God in his graciousness has, has answered that prayer. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think that's great. Um, marriage, how does that work for you in marriage? Yeah, so I, I think... I give away, like, the deep, dark... No, 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 I inner working secrets but <laughs> is 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 this uh like how does that relationship work for you yeah so i think um you know the call god has given to me as a husband to to lead our home uh was not something that i took seriously and i and i think i've even had seasons where uh maybe i took too seriously in the sense that i like was pretty harsh i think there's seasons where uh, I forgot what God had called me to. And then, the, and then there's seasons where, you know, I'd start to find a groove, I would say, you know, like just start to, but, but I mean, for me, like Arian, I know she loves when I, you know, when I am the one who's taking the lead on, on praying over the kids, when I'm the one who's taking the lead on, on opening the word and not that she's incompetent, not that she can't do it and not that she, you know, but um, so from, from a, a a team perspective. She likes when I, when I lead those aspects. Um, and, uh, and I know like if I'm to disciple my wife, well, I'm, I need to be washing her in the word and, uh, need to be, um, speaking that truth over her. And so we currently find her in a very, like, like I've never seen her work be so challenging for us. So she works as an adolescent psychiatric nurse and, and work has been, brutal and so um what i'm learning again is she doesn't need me to fix it in in those moments what she needs me to do is listen and empathize and i think um you know and that's not always easy because i can't necessarily when you can't when i can't empathize i can at least listen when i can't when i can't pull from my experience and be like i know what that's exact i know exactly what that's like now I think anyone who's had a job probably has had a bad manager at some point. And, and so there's things that you can draw on and I can just try to put myself in there. So instead of being like, well, go to the union, blah, 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 whatever, like, just like, yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. And, and, and then maybe when she's, she's done kind of verbally processing, presenting a question, like, like, have you, have you seen God be faithful through this? Like, like God, you know, and remind, Hey, you made it through today. You yeah. just had to work 16 hours and, and he provided you even just the strength and the energy to get home. And, and, and now you get to come home and how can I serve you? You know, like, and I think, um, I think probably early on in ministry, um, I would have been a little less compassionate in those moments. Yeah. I think that's probably those areas where I've, where I would have failed, where I would have, it would have been more of a suck it up. You know, this we're, we're suffering for Christ's sake and or whatever, you know, some like, which maybe there's some truth in that. But I think um, my wife, because my wife is my wife and, and who she is and how God's wired her to be. And there are principles, I, you know, we find within scripture when it comes to to discipleship. But like the relationship I have with my wife is not the same as I have with my students nor with my kids. It's a different relationship. And so so how I try to provide discipleship for my wife is going to be very different. What I'm learning is like being tender with her heart is, is really important. And so she needs to feel loved with some quality time. That's one of her love languages, whatever you want to think about that. But, but I've learned like she needs me to sit down, shut up, put my phone away. Sorry, that was, <laughs> but like, 
just sit and listen to her and, uh, and, and then, and then remind her of truth. And what I'm finding is in moments when I'm not in fix it mode, but I mean, I love you mode. And I want you to be reminded of who Jesus has promised to be no matter what. And, and if I'm, you know, like she is, she's just got so much wisdom and compassion for people that she almost never assumes the worst. Mm. So, 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 so even when people have treated her poorly, she's not assuming they're doing that to attack her. She'll say, I wonder what's going on at home. Like that was such a bizarre response to this circumstance. There's gotta be more behind the scene that I don't know about. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't it, doesn't it feel better to just be mad? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) like (laughs) righteous anger. But anyway, so I think in our marriage though, like it is, it's praying together and and praying for her and being specific about what's going and not just like, God, thanks for keeping us safe today. God, thank you for watching over Arian in that circumstance with that patient when they, lunged at her to attack her and you you provided that security to there to protect thank you for that like and and letting her know i am trying to listen i am trying to um and then and then really intentionally being like continually talking about the goodness and faithfulness of god in all things yeah, you know? yeah. and i think because we yeah we've been through a lot in our in our 15 years and and god has only been good and always faithful and so those are kind of and she and, and i mean for her like she's the one who's patient with me and she's the one who's gracious with me and i uh i'm an emotional basket case some days i've matured in a lot of ways and and it's just not too high not too low but uh it's taken years like she you know for the first 10 years of our marriage like it was i was all over the place and and she remained steadfast she remained faithful she is the one who who prayed quietly that you know yeah yeah no i um, like I've I've mentioned, where we've kind of journeyed geographically in some of the same areas, and through some of those, uh, you know, those early years, we were pastoring uh, town beside each other. Um, so we would do lunches and that kind of stuff. And, and that's the one thing that always struck me is your wife is very similar to my wife in um, kind of a quiet, steadfast, consistent. Uh, thinks the best of everybody first, um, you know, gives you multiple times to mess things up and still just loves and cares for. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, you, you got, you've got a, a, a treasure in your, in your wife and, and in your kids. And uh, luckily God is working on you and, and shown uh, great grace and favor much as he has, uh, has to to me through through my life as well. So in all of this, you've got you, you said uh, 470 students that are all around you. You got three kids. You've got uh, a wife. You've got parents of all these kids that you're helping uh, figure out. So the final big crescendo question: If you could download one piece of information into everybody's brain about discipleship, uh, what would you want everybody to know? Um, that that's kind of been transformative either for you or you've seen it as transformative for people that kind of grasp a hold of it. Oh man. Yeah. So I, oh, can I share two? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think, I think to be a follower of Jesus, probably like the most 
the hardest thing for me to 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 receive, but also the most transformative was just like I'm just not that special. Mm. Like like, and and when when I could when I wave the white flag and like I'm not some unique unicorn who's going to do this like incredible like and I could just I just want to follow Jesus and and do as He says to do, and it might mean that no one knows who I am. Are you okay with that? Like, you know, and I think we kind of grew up in the same, grew up in the same, but like pastored in that, in those years of like church planting is, and I'm for church planting, don't, don't hear me, but like where we had to, and at 25, you better be doing that. And if you're not doing that and you, so I had these visions of me planting this church of thousands and thousands of people. And uh, I mean, for a number of reasons, but that didn't happen. And I took myself far too seriously. And I think I'm not that special, but man, am I loved. Yeah. And, and, and so, so kind of getting over myself, but then, but then also, because when you're, at least for me, when I'm really like wrapped up in me, I can't even receive love because I'm, I'm earning everything. And it's, it's not based on grace through faith. It's based on look how good I am and how hard I work. And so I'm not that special. And I think, I think, um, when it comes to, if I'm going to disciple others, man, I better be intentional about my my personal, I think, you know, my personal integrity, my personal character, my, you know, and, and that, and I, and I'm learning more like for me personally, like the importance of physical health, uh, the importance of, of, um, being a little more aware of where I am emotionally, um, being a little more honest and, and not like I've learned for me to be, um, I, I don't know that I like the term, but like spiritually fit or like, like in a, in a place or in a posture where I feel like I, I am in a, I'm, I'm capable of serving God and, and others. Um, yeah, it, it takes, um, it takes intentionality for me to be uh, watching over every area of my life, but also learning that like, I don't actually have to share all of my dirty laundry with everyone. But but there better be people that know. Yep. And and so for me to be a faithful disciple of Jesus, there has to be. And and I've learned that like I don't need a ton, there's I've got a a handful of guys that like everything's out, everything you know like past and then and then what I struggle with currently like it's out. And so um, I just if, yeah I don't want to take myself too seriously. I want to receive the love that God has clearly displayed to us in His Son Jesus. Like like to clearly displayed to us and, and then um, steward what God has given me. So for the time being, I have a, a body that can do things. So I want to take care of that body. Like, I think it's an act of worship. I want to take care of my mind and, and be careful what, how much doom scrolling am I doing? How much, you know, be, and cause it, it actually affects like how I disciple, you yeah. know, like when, when I'm getting caught up in, political stuff like i i disciple from a posture of fear yep. i i wouldn't say it but i would but i do oh we gotta pull we gotta you know like um and and then i think uh yeah filling filling my mind and my heart with with the truth found in god's word is uh like just taking care of myself and whatever that means and i think slowing things down saying no has been a big thing like just that no i can't do that i can't do that um I don't know about you, but I've always had this fear that if I get asked to like preach somewhere and I say no, that they'll never ask me again, <laughs> you know? And, it's, yeah. and so I just like 
say yes to everything and uh, not that I get asked that much, but it's, it's, you know, I have, I have a couple gentlemen that are in our, like our church, small church, less than a hundred people, but I sit, I stand up front and I know that I am not even the most qualified person to pastor the church. There are other people in the congregation that have more years experience, higher levels of education, better applications of the gospel. And, uh, yeah, so you you learn to you learn to overcome that because you're like, like I'm going to let this guy preach and they might never want me back. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Guy in the background, yeah. So the, that self doubt can just take over at different times. It's uh, it's amazing. Well, I think I think uh, again, it kind of goes back to like I'm not that special. I'm not that because I have this you know, underlining fear at times where, when I don't feel a preach goes well, uh, like I'm embarrassed I'm humiliated. Like, I mean, and preaching is heavy enough, but when it doesn't go well and you know, it doesn't go well. And, and I think, uh, that's, that pride and that ego is so dangerous for me to just like to give into where, because again, then it comes back to like, well, I can do something, you know, but it's going to be the spirit of God that's going to work in the hearts of people. Like, the word of God is not going to come back void of its intended purpose. That's God's promise, not mine. Totally. So, totally. so I'll fumble along and, and <laughs> you know, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and the flip side of that is equally as dangerous. When a preach goes really well and you're like, <laughs> look at what I did. I brought yeah. that word. And yeah. you realize, you know what? If you were faithful to God's word, God brought the word. Um, mm-hmm. He was gracious to use you in the midst of it uh, to mm-hmm. deliver it. But you're just you're just the mailman, right? Like that's yeah. that's all, and and that's a that's a good thing for us to hold on. Tim, I love talking with you. Um, uh, just as we did this, it's been a while since we've been in the same place. When I'm coming through Calgary, we're going to have lunch together again because we used to do that on a semi regular basis. And uh, mm-hmm. to hear your heart of the gospel and to hear uh, the authentic way that you're working through it is is good. Um, stoked that you had a few minutes to share with us today and uh um yeah hopefully uh, for the rest of you that were listening hopefully it was edifying helpful on your journey if you uh uh are looking for a good christian school for your kids with a guy who's gonna give them some good formative uh, education uh biblical biblical training uh trinity christian school what is it yeah trinity christian school yeah in Calgary uh, with uh, Alpine. Um, so thanks for this, and uh, we'll catch you on the next pod.